Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. There are 34 distinct miracles recorded in the Gospels, but over the next seven weeks, we will explore and study the seven miracles that John's Gospel spotlights in our new series entitled The Grave Robber. We're going to start a series today on what we call The Grave Robber. (laughs) The Grave Robber. And uh, we're going to go seven weeks in this, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to believe how Jesus can make the impossible possible. And I, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk today on the, on the idea, do not miss or don't miss the miracle. Don't miss it, because God has a miracle for everyone in this house. I believe that the world that is out there, not in here, but out there, is running out. And I think that people are going to try to find themselves in something that will help them have something now, something for now. And this is a church that God has established in Austin, Texas as a spirit-filled environment where people that are empty can come and get full. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. So today my subject is, and some of you will like this subject, the winemaker. I'm going, to t- I'm going to talk about the winemaker today. Everybody say, Pastor, preach to me. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach to me today. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach to me today. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. I believe that. You may be seated. God bless. Let me get right into the word of the Lord. Right now, it feels like you're sitting still. Get real still. Feel like you're sitting still. Get still. That's an illusion of miraculous proportions. Reality, planet Earth is spinning around its axis at an equatorial speed of 1,040 miles per hour right now. And we're speeding through space at an average velocity of 67,108 miles an hour right now. Right now. That's faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. (laughs) That's 87 times faster than the speed of sound. On a day when you don't feel like you've done much, remind yourself at the end of the day that I have traveled almost 1,600,000 miles today. To top things off, the Milky Way galaxy is spinning at, like a top at a mind-boggling rate of 483,000 miles per hour. Okay? I would call that miraculous. Yet I would, I would ask you, have you ever stopped and thanked God for keeping us in orbit? <laughs> really? I'm guessing you never have. Like, Lord, I'm sure glad we made a full rotation again today. <laughs> Nobody's ever done that. You did it again, God. Way to go. We take what God does for granted, especially miracles. Now, you already believe God for big miracles. The trick is trusting him for the little ones. That's what this series that we're starting today is all about. We're surrounded by miracles. 
One doesn't have to look through a telescope. You can look through a microscope because there's trillions of chemical reactions taking place in your body every second, every minute, every hour of every day. Right now you're inhaling oxygen. You're metabolizing energy. You're managing your equilibrium. That's incredible since seeing that we are spinning and speeding through space so rapidly. You're manufacturing hormones. Some of you men don't think the women has enough or too many. You're fighting antigens. You're filtering stimuli. You're mending tissues. You're purifying toxins. You're digesting food. You're circulating blood. That's a long list. And on that count, your heart will beat 100,000 times today, circulating and pumping six quarts of blood through about 60,000 miles of arteries and veins and capillaries. And if you laid them all out end to end, they would circle the earth two and a half times. That's all inside of you. That's in you. Some people say they have never experienced a miracle. No, 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 no. You have never not experienced a miracle. In fact, you are a miracle. Say it, I'm a miracle. Your personal genome sequence was written, if it was written out longhand, it would be a three billion word book. Three billion. King James Version has 783,137 words in it. So your genetic code is equivalent to 4,000 King James Versions. If you were an audio book, somebody read you, it would take a century to put you into words. A hundred years. Because you're an original. No one ever before or after like you. Now that's not a testament to you. That's a testament to the God that made you. Albert Einstein said this. He said, there's only two ways to live your life. One is as if nothing is a miracle. And the other is as if everything is a miracle. How are you going to live your life? Oliver Wendell Holmes said, a mind stretched by new ideas never returned to its original shape. That's the reason some people are conehead, you know, they've had these ideas. <laughs> it's after Easter, and God wants to stretch our faith today. He really does. Some people in this last hour, their faith is shrinking. But God wants our faith to take off and stretch like never before. God loves to do miracles. And it's He, it's who He is, and it's what He does. And when He does a miracle... The way you steward it is to believe for bigger and better miracles. Eventually, if you keep at it long enough, all things become possible and nothing is impossible. See, folks, the moment Jesus walked out of the tomb, we celebrated last Sunday, but 2,000 years ago, the word impossible was removed from our vocabulary. I believe that. He's a God who makes the impossible possible. And we should be people that believe that there is nothing. Everybody say nothing, nothing that God cannot do. In fact, this is my prayer for you today. God, remove all our assumptions except one. That you are able and able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. That's what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. One word of caution at the outset. God wants to do some miracles here in this church. He wants to do some miracles here in Austin. They're not past tense facts of history. Every miracle that God does is a microcosm. It is a picture of what God wants to do in your life, present tense. So when we go back and harvest miracles out of the Bible, God is saying, I'm still God. I can still do that now. But my advice is not to seek miracles. 
My advice is to seek Jesus Christ. Clap your hands and say, let's seek the Lord these next few weeks and see what God will do. When you seek him, you'll find yourself in the middle of his miracles because he is the winemaker. He is the water walker. And he is the grave robber. In John chapter 2, there's a beautiful passage of 11 verses, and I'm going to be very quickly through these. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana. And Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus was, was invited with his disciples, and they came. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mom said to him, they have no more wine. He said, woman, why do you involve me? My hour is not yet. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Nearby stood six stone water jars, water jars and the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial washing and each holder from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned to wine. And he did not realize where it had come from. And though the servants who had drawn the water knew, then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best wine. Everybody say till now. <laughs> not till the end, till now. Everybody say now. That, that scripture is quoted wrong so many times. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Would you clap for the word today? Amen. Now, for nearly 30 years, the one who crafted the universe with his voice, crafted furniture with his hands, there was no crooked table legs that came out of the carpenter shop in Nazareth. He was good at what he did. But he wasn't just a master carpenter. He was God. And he was history's best kept secret. How do you for 30 years keep such a secret? Having the ability to do these kinds of miracles. But all that changed, folks, on a day when he said it wasn't his time. The day that water blushed in the face of its creator. And the woodbender became the waterbender. And he mutated the molecular structure of water and turned it into wine. Not just wine, but fine wine. And not just a little, but 757 bottles of it. Stay with me now. There's 34 distinct miracles that are recorded in the gospel. John records at least seven of these spectacular miracles. In John 2, it starts with this miracle. Like every atom in the universe, water atoms submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad for that? In John 4, he heals a nobleman's son long distance, revealing himself as the Lord of latitude and longitude. In John 5, he reveals the mastery over chronology. He reverses 38 years of pain and suffering with one powerful command, take up your bed and walk. In John 6, he introduces a new miraculous equation. Five plus two, five fish and two loaves of bread doesn't equal seven. It equals 5,000 men plus women and children with a remainder of 12 basketfuls. And the encore is waltzing across the waves on the Sea of Galilee to some frightened disciples in a ship. In John 9, there's more to the miracle than meets the eye, pardon the pun. Jesus doesn't heal a blind man. He heals a man who is born blind. There's a difference, which means the optic nerve and the visual cortex. There's no synaptic connection between the two. And in John 11, there's the grim reaper versus the grave robber. 
And four days after Lazarus' funeral, Jesus stole back what the enemy had taken from Mary and Martha. Here's what I'm telling you. That's what he does. That's who he is. And that's what he wants to do with everybody's life in this house today. Would you clap your hands for that right now? God is a miracle worker. Oh, I feel like preaching. Jesus and his disciples are at a wedding and they run out of wine. Might not seem like a big thing. I've been to a few weddings where that would not have been a bad thing. But they have a God who keeps the party going. In a cultural context, that would have been more than embarrassing to run out of something to drink at a wedding. It's public shame. It's turning a big day to a bad day. The one day you want to go right and nothing go wrong in your life is your wedding day. Can I get a witness from the congregation? This little faux pas precipitates the couple's first fight probably. Because I can just see that little bride looking at that groom and saying, Honey, mm, mm, whew, I don't know how to say this, but look, my mom and dad paid for everything. And I got all the bride, bridesmaids' dresses and I got all the grooms to go to the right tuck shop. And we got all the food here. And all I asked you to do was bring something to drink the wine. And look, we've run out. Was that too much to ask? Really? And he realizes he might not have married that sweet little girl from the farmer's house. <laughs> then Jesus enters. And I love this miracle. It's not about saving life. It's about saving face. And this is great. Because you know what? The first miracle was not about a risen from the dead person or a blind eye being opened. It was about somebody that had lost their joy at the beginning of a wedding or at the end of a wedding. And he said, I'm going to give you the joy that you thought you lost because I want people that live for me to have joy. And there's something powerful about this Holy Ghost power that we talk about in this church because the Holy Ghost is righteousness, peace, and joy. Amen. And there's nothing like the joy of the Lord. If you need anything imparted to you today, you need J-O-Y in your life. Everybody needs a big old drink of joy in your life. Amen. You need the joy of the Lord. I love this miracle. We have a God who is not just great because nothing's too big. We have a God who is great because nothing is too small for him. He cares about details. He cares about the nuances. He cares about the minutia of life. If it's a big deal to you, no matter how small it is, it's a big deal to God. He sees the sparrow when it falls. He, he knows the hair on our head. Small things matter to God. And this is one of those moments, and I love this subplot. Jesus is telling the servants to fill the six jars with water. And if I had been there, I'd say, Lord, water's not our problem. We hadn't run out of water. But sometimes I think it doesn't make sense to us, so we hesitate on God, what God can and cannot do. Let me state it right now. There is nothing that God cannot do. I love the language here. It's precise. They just did not fill up to 20 or 30 gallons, but they filled them, the Bible said, to the brim. Here's my request for this congregation. I wish all week long you'd be thinking that I serve a God that can change nothing into something, that can take brokenness and make healed, and that can take cancer and make a cure, that can take all kinds of diseases and say, I dare you, devil, to say, I can't do it. There is a God that can do anything. 
and we need to walk out of our cars next Sunday morning full to the brim of faith in what God is able to accomplish in our lives, in this church, in this city, in our nation. Say amen, say amen to that. Here's what I, here's what I wrote and I want you to see it on the, on the screen. If you do the little things like they're big things, God will do the, come along and do the big things like they're little things. Sometimes we have to do the natural so God can do the supernatural. God shows up at the least significant miracle. He shows up when we run out. He shows up when we're on empty. And some of you people after last Sunday, you're on empty this weekend. Last Sunday you walked in with your hats on, your new dresses on, and I couldn't set you down. And this Sunday, some of you walked in like, oh, God, church again. No, it's, oh, God, we get to meet Jesus again in this house. Some have lost your strength. Some have lost your wisdom. Some have lost friends. You've lost money. You've lost hope. He's the God who turns fear to faith. He can turn sadness to joy. And he can turn anything into everything. Because that's the God that he is. When's the last time... You have thanked God for water? When's the last time you thanked God for water? You see, I'm going to preach about that in a minute. In 1934, I got got something here I'm going to show you. In 1934, there was a Danish carpenter who turned toy maker. They came up with these things called Playwell. They're Legos. Now, these are my grandkids, okay? I didn't bring mine because I didn't want you to think bad of me. I've seen Legoland. I really have. I've seen, uh, I've seen the Lego store in New York City. This is pretty big. I'm holding pretty big stuff here. And this, this man made this, and the motto of Legos is this. Now, get this. You ready? The best, say the best, best. is never, never too good. Now, if a man that created Ole Christensen, if he created these Legos, and he said the best is never too good, what do you think about the God that made the man that created these toys? God does not want his people to be moping through life, suffering through life, broke through life, enabled through life. When they came out of Egypt, there was none sick among them. God does not want us to go through life limping. He wants us to go through life rejoicing because the best is never too good. Do you believe God wants the best for you in this hour? Come on. Get your hands together. God has the best for you today. So the MC says to the bridegroom, everyone serves a good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine, but you have kept the best wine until now. Jesus just didn't save the day, folks. He made the day because that's what Jesus does. Now, let let, let me talk about water. The raw material for the first miracle was water. Water, H2O, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. The most basic chemical compound on the earth, most vital. 71% of the planet is covered with water. 70% of our body is full of water. It has no caloric value, thank God, because I would be bigger than bluebell. <laughs> Yet absolutely vital to metabolism. It can't last, you can't last more than three days without it. It's flavorless, but there's nothing better on a hot summer day. Say amen to that. 
And water is the universal solvent. It's the fundamental part of uh, of photosynthesis. It puts out fires. And I said this, it's a little, it's cheesy. And water else could we swim in? You'll catch it after a while. But I want to ask you one more time. When's the last time you thank God for water? When's the last time you said, I would really like to say thank you, Lord, for water? Water is an awesome thing. It's a reminder that God does not need much to work with. He's a God who can turn nothing into anything. The real truth, he doesn't need anything at all. In three seconds, he, would do, he could do what it would take three years to accomplish. See, folks, he could have started with grapes. He really could have on that miracle that day. And could have miraculously expedited the fermentation process. And that would have been a miracle in itself. But he just started with water, basic water. And what he did to the water, he can do to your life. God who spoke every atom into existence is the one who can mutate any molecule in this world. That includes blood cells. Hallelujah. Goodbye, leukemia. That includes brain cells. Goodbye, brain cancer. Amen. And that, 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 cure, that, that talks about cancer cells in your body. I think our cells are God's Legos. The best is never too good. Now, last summer, I want to preach a little bit right now. Last summer, we were baptized with miracles in this house. Amen. We saw some things. We saw the dead come back to life last year. You remember that? Clap your hands. Come on, don't act like you don't remember it. Clap your hands. Two babies that were going to be, were going to be taken uh, from mothers were, were born whole and healthy and in their right mind and they're alive today and the babies were dead in the womb. Amen. But I believe that God is saying it's after Easter. I want you to cash in on the fact that I'm the miraculous. I came out of the grave and nothing is impossible with me. And if God made the laws, he can step over and step through them, the very laws of nature he created. And I believe that God is telling me to preach this congregation that the space-time continuum that God created, we will enter into a place in our church of complete healing that will be miraculous in this church, in your family, in this city, and in this nation. I believe that God can still do anything. He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think. So, so, we've seen God heal cancer in this church. Amen? Amen? We've seen God heal heart disease in this church. Amen? We've seen God heal blood sugar problems in this church. Amen? But I tell you some things that's scaring us now is a little word, a little A word called Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's. If God can heal cancer, well, I'm preaching now. If God can heal cancer, why can't he reverse an Alzheimer's person's mind? He's given us power and love and a sound mind. Why can't God touch my mother-in-law in Houston, Texas right now that's battling a memory situation? Why can't God heal some of your kin folks? Alzheimer's no bigger than anything else. God stumps his toe over it. God can heal anything and do anything and be anything to anybody because he is the winemaker. I truly believe that God can take lost limbs. And I know I'm, I'm preaching out the box today. I'm outside the box, but I'm, I'm tired of putting God there. I want to step out and go with where God's going. 
God's done too much in my life for me to doubt what he can do today. Amen. Amen. I've seen people come in with lost limbs. They've lost at war to defend our nation for ourselves. Why can't God grow that limb back? Why can't God just say, I'm going to put it back together? God is able. He's still the creator. We have some kids in this church that suffer from hemophilia. We have some kids in this church that suffer from autism. Why can't God just come down and do a work in their life? I'm telling you, if he can mutate the molecules in water, he can mutate the molecules in all of us because he is still a healer. He's still a savior. And I'm gonna trust him till he says, I can't do it anymore. In one incredible moment, he can make it happen. I think sometimes when we pray this little prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We don't know exactly what we're praying. But we're saying heaven invade the earth. Because there's no blindness in heaven, see. There's no lame people in heaven, see. There's no hurting people in heaven, see. And I think God wants to send kingdom come. The Bible said from the time of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence. And the violent take it by force. And that means we've got to grab a hold with faith and say, God, we don't have to go through life like this. We can be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. See, we're praying. I want God's goodness to come. I want his greatness to come. I want his love and grace to come. I want his mercy and power to come. I want his joy and peace to come. Let heaven invade us. Heaven has got to invade our churches. In 2016, clap your hands and say, I'm with you, Pastor. I believe that. I'm going to close with three little illustrations here. Number one is this little, these little Legos. You didn't think I just had them up here just to look at them, did you? This is two before. They make a Lego like this, but my kids didn't have any. I didn't want to bring mine because y'all would make fun of me. But this is two before, okay? There was a convention in Las Vegas several years ago, and Everybody was asked to bring six of these two-by-four bricks to the Lego convention. And then one of the masterminds of Lego got up and said, I want you to guess how many different combinations you can make with six of these two-by-four Lego things. I want you to guess how many combinations. And they guessed, you know, 100, 1,000, 5,000. And then the man looked at him and he said, here's what, here's what you can make with this. You can make 915 million, 103,765. That's history. That ain't something I just dreamed up. Now, I don't see how that is. I can't make that happen. I can't get all, that, all those combinations. But I know one thing, that the man that invented Legos was created by the God that you serve. And six of these has 915 million combinations. Now, let's move forward. Let's go to six water pots, okay? Let's go from six to six, Okay. Here's these stones, same difference. He turns water into the best wine. He don't turn grapes, he turns water. Not just one bottle, but 757. That's a vineyard. God does big work. It takes 2.4 pounds of grapes to produce one bottle of red wine. And that is nearly a ton of grapes in those 757 bottles. Where did it come from? How did he do that? I think that's the point. There's a hundred of chemical compounds. And I could put the formula on the, on the screen today because I have the formula at home, but it would cover that whole thing. The formula that happened for the water to become wine would fill that whole, whole thing right there. You understand that? But God, God involved, it, it involved 
involved a hundred, over a hundred chemical reactions and, and it, it involved thousands of, of chemical compounds. Jesus is saying, watch my mastery at the molecular level. I can take water. I can take the basic thing in life and I can turn it into something that you think I have to have grapes for. You think has to have fermentation. But in one moment, I can change you from water to wine. I can change you from empty to full. I can change you from sad to joyful. I can change you from sick to healed. I can change you from nothing to everything. I can turn your life around right now. <laughs> Woo. The former prime minister of the Netherlands said there's not a square inch in the whole domain of our humane existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over it all, does not cry. That is mine. Everything that we see. In fact, there are right now in our universe, at the last count, 10 to the 82nd power, in other words, 82 zeros, atoms in the observable universe, and every single one of them traces its origin back to let there be light. Four words. Here's what I'm telling you. God just said let there be light. And 10 to the 82nd power said, here we are. And God is still creating those today because he's still the creator. He's making galaxies. Have you ever noticed that science finds new galaxies every now and then? You know why? Because God said, I'm going to play with them a little bit. I got my Legos and I'm going to put some more combination together. Ha! Let there be more because God's word never returns void. Oh, I'm preaching right now. And I'm telling you that God is wanting to talk to this congregation and say, I can heal you. I can, I can raise you up. I can give you a job. I can give you a raise. I can bless you financially. I can do anything you ask me to do because I am God. So let's move forward from Legos to water pots to us. And I close. Your body's pretty basic compared to all I've just talked about. 99% is just six different atoms. Everybody say six atoms. Six Legos. Six water pots. Six atoms. But the amazing thing is there are seven, hear me, octillion atoms in your body. That's seven times 10, 70 to the 27th power. That's 27 zeros. Every one of us is subject to the authority of our creator. <laughs> he said, hmm, this person's got a little, I'm going to move this atom here. Hmm, hmm, hmm. It's not a Rubik's Cube. It's God saying I can do anything because I made you. That's why we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's why I'm going to seek Jesus because I can't figure all this out. But my Jesus can heal me. My Jesus can save me. My Jesus can deliver me right now. As one man said in a church, let go and let God. It's not about seeking miracles. It's about seeking Jesus. Close your eyes just a moment. Let me talk to you. How would you envision Jesus if you saw him right now? Would you see him healing a blind man? Would you see him raising up a leper? Would you see him knocking at the door? Would you see him as a shepherd with a lamb on his shoulders? Many people see him on a cross. That's a precious picture. But let, remind, let me remind you, he's not on that cross. He's gone from that cross. He's not going back to that cross. The only thing hanging on that cross is the sins that you've confessed to him. 
Jesus is on the throne. Sitting at the right hand of God, the power of God. And every knee one day will bow to him. And every tongue will confess to him that he is Lord. And all your dreams and problems in your life that are far over your head, remember, they're under his feet. They're under his authority. See, everybody wants a miracle. Many of us just don't want the situation that necessitates a miracle. Because without the problem, there's no miracle. They don't run out of wine. They don't need Jesus. But God has 915 million solutions for your problems today. And in John 2, he took simple H2O and put a formula that would fill the whole screen today in an instant. And it became the best wine now. But that wine in that cup at the Last Supper was representative of his blood. He said, take and drink. This is the blood which I shed for you. And the wine that he turned from water became the wine cup of grace. And we look inside it today and we see the grace of God still available for all of us. And it blows my mind because the best the very best is never too good in God's eyes. God does not want you to cripple through life and limp through life and hurt every day. God wants to turn your H2O into wine. He wants to put color in your life. He wants to put happiness and joy in your life. He wants you to finish this journey with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And on the last day that this ends, we're going to be talking about the grave robber. We're going to be talking about bringing the dead to life. And on that day, the Holy Ghost is going to baptize this house. And we're going to see God fill people all over this house with his precious spirit. Because God wants to give you the best for your worst. He wants to give you joy for your sadness and gladness for your garments of mourning. That's what he wants to do. Would you stand all over the house and our prayer partners are coming very quickly. I preached too long today, but I don't apologize for it. I just want to tell you that the miracle is in the house right now. Bow your heads, close your eyes, and if you need a miracle, raise your hand all over the house. Raise your hand. Come on, quickly, raise your hand. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my life right now. All right, here's what I want you to do. We don't have a lot of time. I want you to take off and come as quickly as you can. Come as quickly as you can and just get in line. Come on, as quick as you can down front. We're going to have prayer for you right now. We're going to believe that God's going to do something for you right now. Come on, come on, whatever it is, finance, whatever it is, a new job, whatever it is, healing, whatever it is, salvation. I need a miracle in my life today. Come on right now, come on. In the name of the Lord, come on down right now. Come on down right now, amen. Even if you can't find a prayer partner, just lift your hands and say, God, I need a miracle in my life today. Come on. 
Come on right now. I need a miracle in my life today. He is still the healer. He is still the deliverer. Come on right now. In the name of Jesus, let faith abound. Let faith rise up. Let faith be exalted in your life right now. Don't seek miracles. Seek Jesus. Seek Jesus. He's got a miracle for you today. He's got a miracle for you today. Amen. He's got a miracle for you today. And that miracle's waiting on you right now. It's waiting on you right now. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.